Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. <laughs> We're recording. Oh, right error. It's only on the right side? It's going. Oh, okay. Right, as in W R I T. Oh, okay. All right, we're we're golden. Cool, cool. Hey guys, how we doing? We are in the Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn, Riverton, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Just got done with the bear hunt. Yep, yep. Montana. <laughs> Learned a lot. Learned a lot. Hunted a lot. A lot of time behind the binoculars and the spotting scope. Yep. Monoculars, in my case. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, when was it? In February? January. I was in Arizona, and I was hunting for Q's deer, and you messaged me. Mm -hmm. First off, I should probably introduce you guys to who I'm with right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Minor detail. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, why don't you go ahead and tell us about you? Hi, I'm uh, Chris Dowell. I'm a commercial photographer and new hunter and hunting photographer. Yeah, how do we meet? Yeah. Uh, we met, I was doing a shoot for Remington Ammunition and working with the Rocky Mountain Sportswomen and we went on a duck hunt. That's fun. It was and cold. It was, fun. it was negative six degrees and I'm sure glad that I got my <laughs> new waders that day with some insulated boots. We, uh, we were able to access some private land on the Yampa River mm -hmm. and I scouted it out the day before and kind of made a trail, but we had like good knee deep snow getting down in there and. <laughs> Yeah. Got in there well after light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't kill any birds. Took some <laughs> shots, but like we had so much fun. We laughed. Oh, it was a great so hunt. much. Yeah, we got good content, and we just, you know, I'm for sure. It's not always about the kill, like we keep saying, but yeah, um, <laughs> that's how we met. And then you contacted me. And we're like, hey, you want to go on a bear hunt in Montana? Yeah. It's like hell yeah. <laughs> and so we did that, and uh, we saw one bear. We did, which I'm proud we found a bear in that big a country and where we were hunting. But the fact that yeah. we, um, it was a new state, mm -hmm. east scouted, you can only e scout so much. It's hard to know like how much snow there is. In our instance, there yeah. was a lot of snow still. We discovered that today when we were hiking around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think just a little bit early in season. I think if we were maybe more west or... I think west or just two weeks down the line, we would have been pretty golden. But A lot of those fields aren't quite green yet and mm -hmm. not a lot of feed. So I think they're out, but I, don't, I think they're just not exactly where we were. 
So we were in yeah. Red Lodge. We hunted for five days. Mm-hmm. And our focus, the main focus was to get contact content for Henry Rifles. Yeah. Which yeah. we did. We got a lot of really good content for them. Definitely. Um, and I had never fully set my intentions on bear hunting. I always had a bear tag in my mm-hmm. pocket during archery season. But, of course, the elk were always more exciting, more exhilarating. I wanted to chase the elk. And I had a tag in my pocket just in case I'd run across the bear, which I did a lot of times, but never shot the bear. And so it was a challenge for me in many aspects coming out here and having to, you know, you're new to hunting and your your main focus was to capture and get the content for Henry. Mm-hmm. And I essentially was the guide and the hunter. Yeah. And... It was a I huge did my best to do some research beforehand, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, my experience is pretty minimal in comparison. So well, so was mine, and we bounced it off each other, and I think we worked really well. It was yeah, you don't always work that well with people. I've hunted with a lot of people, and sometimes you just get out there and you're like, all right, this is not who I want to hunt with. But like, yep, the fact that that was our first, well, technically our second hunt together, but our first like one to one. For sure. Actually, like, several I mean, days, days of hunting. out there, yeah, like, we had a quick duck hunt, but mm-hmm. it was Hours and hours, mm-hmm. and, like, I felt we worked really good as a team, mm-hmm. and just, like, being open and going with the flow and taking the punches as they came. For sure. You know, whether it was being really patient, it was really hard to... Five days is not a lot of time. No. To be able to, like, get out and ideally... And this is what I've heard from people is you've got to be patient. You've got to give a, a certain area three days. If you don't see any bears, then move on. Well, we have five days to hunt. So yeah, you're looking at Onyx and you're like, this looks good. This looks good. And then we hike up and, oh, there's too much snow. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go back to the certain spot. And I'm glad we ended up going back to that spot because we did see that bear. Yeah. Yeah. If we wouldn't have seen that bear, I would be very sad. I would have been, yeah. I would have been pretty bummed about the whole hunt. Just knowing that we put in all the time and effort and didn't see anything. At least, like, I don't know. I take it we saw a bear. We made that stock. It was unsuccessful. But still, to be able to, like, e-scout, only have that much time mm-hmm. in brand new country, like, I feel good that we we found that bear. We found that bear on, what, day three? Was it day three? Day three. The end of day yeah. three. Yeah. End of day three, we... Essentially found this area. We went on Onyx. We did some e-scouting. First night, we went and checked it out. And we're like, this looks really good. But there's a lot of private around it. Mm-hmm. But the section that was public looked what looked good. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of hiking. You got a high vantage point where you can glass. And you can see essentially into two valleys. There's like three different creeks in there. So mm-hmm. everything they need. And we spent a day there. Or a morning there. Yep. Went and like explored some new country, glassed around, got to a spot and realized that there was no, you couldn't shoot guns there because it was by a mine and by a camping area. So yeah. kind of wasted a, an afternoon on that. Mm-hmm. And then we had this big goal of getting in and hiking a couple miles up to some really green fields. We started hiking and we were probably almost a mile in and realized there was a lot of snow still. Yeah. Turned around and kind of dropped back down, and it was really cool. We saw two moose that morning. We saw more moose than I've ever seen mm-hmm. in just a few short days, which was pretty. That was pretty cool. I think we saw six different moose. Yeah, they're all young too, which is good to see because yeah. obviously their parents are around somewhere, mm-hmm. 
And these were all, we saw one, you saw one, one female moose and she was down in that big field. She jumped the fence. No, yeah. that wasn't. That was the one that dropped no. the paddles, though. I thought that was it not a some... female. Yeah, that yeah. was a male. It was a big one. <clears throat> yeah, so we saw quite a bit of moose, which was really cool. And mm-hmm. we were hiking into the spot, and there was two moose, and I literally walked right past one. Drea. Yeah, I like <laughs> Drea, Drea. We weren't ten yards away from this moose. You just munching. Yeah, Drea cruised right past, and it scared the crap out of me. And they didn't pay any mind to us. They were just chilling there, hanging out. But we we made it known of like, hey, like last thing you want to do is get charged by one. But obviously that was not their intentions. Yeah. So we checked this area out and just kind of realized that the area we were in previously, we had seen some fresh tracks and we had found two piles of fresh bear poop. Yeah. And so we were like, let's go back to that area because obviously the bears are in there. Yeah. It's just a matter of putting in the time and waiting and being patient. Mm-hmm. So we sat all day, almost all day. That one s- day we were there. We I were would there say from like 11, it was like 11 o'clock mm-hmm. on and we saw that bear a little after six o'clock. We were there till end of shooting light, mm-hmm. uh, which was probably almost nine o'clock. Yeah. So 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. A lot of sitting, a lot of glassing. We saw deer, we saw elk, we saw moose. Mm-hmm. And I just, I thought. Some grouse too. Like some cool grouse, to yeah. yeah. Perfect habitat for bear, but just could not turn up a bear. I think it was just early. Mm-hmm. It's just early in season. And, uh, but it was really cool. I ended up getting up and like stretching the legs because my feet were falling asleep from sitting so long and glassing and happened to look down the hill from exactly where we were sitting the night before. Literally the same, like, we sat in that spot. Mm-hmm. And that bear was probably in there, and he probably heard us and smelt us and just, like, went on his way. Yep. Just down that creek bed. But the fact that we were up on the next ridge over, and uh, he probably couldn't hear us and couldn't smell us. Mm-hmm. And so he came out and presented himself, and that was super cool and exciting to be like, there's a reason why we came back to this spot. Yeah. Yep. Listen to that gut instinct. Tried to make a move on it. Because the the gun we were using can really only shoot up to what two hundred yards. Yeah, I we'd make it. It was a forty five seventy Henry's all weather rifle, but uh, great gun. But again, just doesn't have that that reach. And especially, uh, I got it recently. Ammo's hard to come by. We didn't have a lot of range time in it, so we didn't really feel comfortable shooting out past two hundred mm-hmm. with it. Um, he was probably 500 yards away. He was 500 out, and we had to close that gap pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we watched him probably for 30 seconds. We didn't see any cubs. Mm-hmm. I the, the look of him, he was a boar. Yeah. Big, big bear. And I just figured if we can get a little bit closer, and that way if we can like finalize our decision once we get a little bit closer, and then we can take a shot. Definitely. So we started moving down the hill, and... He had no idea we were there. He couldn't no. hear us. He couldn't smell us. But he only popped out on that grassy ridge for... Maybe a minute. It was more than that. Because when we first saw him, we watched him for a second. And then we cruised down the hill. So I would say like True. three to five minutes he was on that hillside. He ended up... Like we looked at him and he was standing up. But he was looking down at the creek away from us. Mm-hmm. And just kind of disappeared and popped, popped back over down to the creek bottom. Yep. 
And we just kind of got on the ridge line. It was about 150 yards away and just waited, hoping he would hop back out. We had a little view of the creek. We thought maybe if he was feeding down through the creek, the wind was good. But he never popped back out. And Yep. We only saw him that one time. Yeah. And then, yeah, the last day we went in, uh, every, every day we went in, we saw fresh tracks going down the road, same mm-hmm. direction. And then that last day we went in, I saw tracks going the other, we, we both saw it. Tracks yeah. going the wrong direction. That was in the afternoon. Yep. Because in the morning we hiked in and his tracks were going. It was an old road and mm-hmm. he was going back towards the creek. So like he's probably going to the creek to get some water and then he's going to... Do his loop. Do his back. loop. He's going to nap in the shade down by the creek, probably in his den and hopefully hop back out. And instead of sitting there all day, we went into town and came back out and the tracks were going the other way. So if we would have sat... I if th- we, if we would have sat on that it. ridge... <laughs> It always happens. You know, we sat there till 11 o'clock, but if we would have sat on that ridge, yeah, we would have seen him most likely come back through. In shooting range. In shooting range, walking right towards us. Yeah. And I think the reason why he moved out is it was a Friday and there was hikers and there were the weekend warriors, hunters coming in, yeah. setting up camp, just that much more commotion. Yeah. And, and when, we ori- when we originally hit that spot, we like really hiked back there and we're glassing the ridges behind it, like well away from any of those like campsites or any trails, the roads away from the roads. And then we ended up spotting that bear right between two roads. Literally that bear was a couple hundred yards from the truck. Yeah, exactly. And so like, we didn't, I don't know, really think to glass that that hard. We were kind of like hoping and wishing to shoot it close to the truck. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, when those campers moved in, I think it just pushed him out. out. He probably, I think what he did, he, I'm guessing he just moved up the creek onto that private land. Yeah. And turns out Montana has just as much private land, landlocking national forest that Colorado does. Yeah. Well, then part of it too, we had, we had filming permits as well. We, we went around and, and worked mm-hmm. with the um, forest service and got permits to film. So yeah. we were limited even more so than just hunting public lands. Exactly. So we were really trying to stick within those bounds and not mm-hmm. not film anything beyond that. Yeah, exactly. But definitely limited our range, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. So. Yeah. It was very, I don't know if the word disheartening, but like we were sitting there yesterday and as soon as six o'clock came around, my like heart rate like jacked up and I was telling myself, oh. like it felt like elk season where like you're in the bugling elk, and you have to tell yourself to stay calm. I'm like, I don't know if he's going to pop out, but I am stoked right now. Right? I'm excited because this is typically what bears do is they have a schedule and they're usually going to pop out in the same spots around the same time. Yeah. And oh, was I was nothing. checking my watch that whole time. I was like, it's time. Like, it's time. Mr. Yeah. Bear, it's time. Like, you were here yesterday. You're like, do you have one in the chamber? And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> yep. Sometimes being too prepared. <laughs> I know. And then, yeah, like an hour goes by and I'm like starting to bargain with the mountains. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, please send us a bear. Just... I'm sitting there like, <laughs> universe, just please give me a sign. Give me something I need. And it's hilarious because all of a sudden I was like, what's that smell? I haven't been able to smell anything. I'm coming off of COVID. I had COVID previously and my my uh, taste and my smell has been gone for a little while. Yeah. And... That was the first thing I smelled was campfire smoke. That's a great first smell. Yeah. And uh, 
just too funny. <laughs> and so I was sitting there. I'm like, it's going to be a good night. We're going to kill a bear. My senses are coming back. <laughs> no bear. Turns out that was just your participation trophy. Yeah. Because you got your smell back for a night. My <laughs> smell no and my taste. And now it's gone again. Yeah. <laughs> we went to dinner that night and I was like, oh my gosh, I can taste this beer. I can yeah. taste these chicken wings. Life is good. <laughs> we may have not gotten a bear, but I've got my taste and smell back. <laughs> Next morning I wake up and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a temporary participation trophy. <laughs> The universe gave me what I was asking for. I said, just give me something. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what it was. Wasn't a bear. Oh. But it was all senses. Yeah. That's <laughs> too funny. But. Yeah. Yeah. Cool country here. We were in Red Lodge, Montana. Mm-hmm. So for future, you guys don't go to Red Lodge, Montana, hunt bears. <laughs> uh, yeah. We rolled into town. We talked to the hotel. Like. Uh, front desk person, they're like, I'll tell you what I tell everybody else. If you want to hunt bears, just stay in town. And I'm like, we didn't see a single bear in town, anywhere. Everybody, like, every single person we talked to is like, oh, bears. We yeah. got bears. <laughs> and, yeah. and when we were staying in, uh, on our way in, that hotel. Uh, oh, yeah. In, um, in Thermopolis. Thermopolis. The coolest hotel. We were hoping to record this episode at this really cool safari club. Yep, it's the Safari Club Days in Days Thermopolis. In. Every single species is on the wall. Yeah. I guess the owner's just a huge hunter and went all over the world, hunts all his different game, and it's just, it's like a museum in there. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you have, uh, so that's like in the dining area, just every single species, and then the hallways are just littered with pictures of him. Yep. And, like, wildlife shots and this and that. And some pretty amazing wildlife shots. And yeah. some cool old guns and stuff, too. And all the, ta- like, mm-hmm. I was pretty impressed with the taxidermy in there, too. Mm-hmm. The only thing that there was one pretty sketchy-looking turkey, but otherwise there was <laughs> yeah. some pretty pretty, pretty good. damn good taxidermy in there. <laughs> yeah, we were talking to uh, some people there at the, the Natural Hot Springs. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. And they were freaking us out on the grizzlies. They're like, oh, there's oh. grizzlies everywhere. The bears are out. Yeah, you, take, you didn't bring an electric fence, you idiots. Like, Take pneumonia and dump that around your Take a camp. bath of pneumonia before you go to bed. And Yeah. So we're going into this hunt thinking that there's just going to be bears everywhere. Yeah. I was I was ready to fight off a grizzly. I was just thinking we'd just be surrounded by bears based on mm-hmm. everybody. We everybody's talking bear. it up. But that bear, like he... Will forever be in my memory. Just pitch black. Oh, He's, that nice brown snap. Like, oh, he was yeah. so pretty. He was big. Mm-hmm. Just like so majestic. I've seen so many bears in the wild. And it, it's really crazy how like your perspective shifts when you're like trying to pursue one. Yeah. yeah. And you see it and it totally shifts on like your perspective on how you see it. Oh, definitely. You know, elk hunting, you see bears and it's like, oh, there's another bear. Yep, there's a bear. But yep. then when you're hunting, it's like... Wow, that animal is gorgeous. Yeah. I want to shoot that animal, and I want to eat it, and I want to make a rug, and I want to preserve yep. as much as I can of it. Yeah. 
But I believe our tag is good for a year, so. I think so. I, I keep saying that, but I. We'll double check. I only have one source for that information. Yeah, <laughs> correct us if we're wrong. Yeah. We don't know everything. So but. maybe we'll be back in the fall and just skip yeah. the filming part and go where the bears are. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just go hunt. Because that filming permit definitely limits us on where we can go. Yeah. Which, I don't know, it's the right thing to do if you're out filming, especially for any commercial projects. Like, mm-hmm. you definitely got to get those permits and it mm-hmm. is what it is, but... Mm-hmm. Next time we go out, it'll be it'll be a hunt and not a paid hunt, so yeah. we can we can have a little bit more freedom. Mm-hmm. We'll bring the electric fence. Yeah, an electric fence. Man, I even bought a fancy new tent. We didn't use it. <laughs> it was really nice to stay in a hotel and have yeah. a bed and a shower and a coffee maker and a toilet. Yeah, man, Chateau Rouge, Chateau Rouge, you guys, in- beautiful motel, Red Lodge, Montana. Every room is different. I talked to the yeah. desk this morning. They're like, if you want to book it out, and they're booking out well in advance too. Yeah. They gave me a solid warning. They're like, if you want to stay here this summer, you better book it now. Well, when we pulled in last night, the parking lot was completely packed. I don't think we could have gotten a room. Mm-hmm. I didn't book it for. Our, we had one more night, and I ended up leaving for various reasons, mostly because the. Fish and Wildlife Department's not open on Sundays, so we couldn't check in any yeah. carcass tags or anything. But Kind of. I get it. It's a government agency. But what happens if you are traveling out of state and you shoot a bear on a Friday night? You've got to wait till Monday Yeah. to bring that bear in to get the, what do they, check the teeth and the hide. And Yep. And it's an hour away. That check-in station was an hour away, too. Yeah. So it's not like you could hunt. If you killed something, maybe in the morning on a Friday... Mm-hmm. You'd have enough time to skin it, pack it out, do everything, and then go check it in, hopefully before five. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're out of luck. So just note that, you guys, if you're trying to do a hunt in Montana to yeah. make sure your last day of hunting is on a Thursday. Yeah, definitely. It's, hunt, hunt, is, hunt is starting on the weekend and then make yeah. sure your your last day is not on a Friday because if it's a Friday night, you're not getting in until Monday. Yeah. You got to kill some time. Yeah. But, that's, I don't know, I guess it's a pretty long season, but, like, some of the other seasons, like Sturgeon Spearing, they'll have, like, those check-in stations open every day during mm-hmm. dur- during season. And you can go check it in before two or whatever it is. It's always so fun to just learn new country and go to a different state. Oh, it's beautiful. That Beartooth yeah. Range, uh, unbelievably beautiful country. And we just touched, like, the teeniest little bit of it. Oh, yeah, because we couldn't hunt wilderness on the permit we have. For filming, we couldn't get into the wilderness areas, mm-hmm. and that there was a huge swath of land that's plenty huntable, and yeah. I think would have been great hunting. Yes, but we just couldn't we couldn't film there, so mm-hmm. we were limited to yeah. just to that really that front range of the bear tooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful, but I guess this time of year just isn't yeah. isn't chock full of bears. Chris, you're new to hunting. Yeah, I'm. A, I guess this is my second or third year hunting. This is my second ever, I guess, third big game hunt. Technically, you're a vegan. I mean, I mean, sorry. Pescatarian. Pescatarian. Yeah. Sorry. Technically, you're a pescatarian. I'll eat fish, but any other, like, land or sky meat is either got to be shot by me or or a close friend. I respect that. Yeah. And you've been doing that for, like, six years now? Six or seven years. Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever sophomore year of college was is when I... Quit meat. What made you decide to start hunting? Um, 
part of it was learning more about like the North American model of conservation. Like the reason I went mm-hmm. like more towards the vegetarian diet was for sustainability reasons and just like environmental issues with commercial, um, like meat production and things like that. Um, so like, I don't know, getting organic, fresh. I have no problem with eating meat. It's just kind of the way it's produced. So like mm-hmm. if I can get fresh, organic, sustainable meat, then that'd be great. <laughs> I'd love to eat it again. Killed by yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So that was really the main reason. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what have you killed? Uh, a bunch of birds and a snapping turtle. <laughs> Stamp- <laughs> if anybody out there has a snapping turtle problem, they are delicious, but they will try and walk away from you well after <laughs> you dispatch them. Yeah, that is. They're difficult uh, to butcher, but well worth the effort. <laughs> man, does that? Sh- but, how does that shell come off, or do you skin them with that shell? So yeah, the plastorum and postplastorum. Man, I'm butchering in those terms, but it's the bottom part of the shell and the top part of the shell mm-hmm. are only attached by two small kind of cartilage pieces on the like huh. left and right side of that bottom piece of shell. So you can cut between that, skin out the legs, with, and use some catfish pliers and pull it out. Um, and then, yeah, that postpartum, yeah, that mm-hmm. term, bottom part of the shell just yeah. kind of peels off. Um, a helpful hint is hang them by a tree by their tail. And then when you take off that bottom part, you can kind of just dump the guts into a bucket. Yeah, gravity. Uh, just, yeah, like gravity do the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make a few little cuts and it's, it's pretty cleaned out. Uh, but, yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. Once we, we even, we quartered it out, you'd poke that leg with a knife. It's skin, tail off, everything, like, and it still tries to kick away the knife. Get away! Totally separated from the body. Stop it's a little, me. It's yeah. a little weird, but mm-hmm. that was the best soup I think I've ever had. What did it taste like? It's like super light and fresh ground beef. See, like, I was associated with chicken, but ground beef. So, I mean, the way, it's probably more how I seasoned it, but mm-hmm. it's just like a super light, springy, like I ground it up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it whole and cook it on the bone and then peel it off too, and mm-hmm. then probably yield a little bit different texture. Yeah. But yeah, we ground it up, cooked it with some seasoning. And it was just that, just perfectly tender, a little mm. bit springy, like like ground beef. Mm. And a Snappy. nice Cajun season. Yeah. It was delicious. Put it over some rice. I made mean, mm. a little bit too spicy, so we had to put some rice in there. But <laughs> Balance it out. Yeah, balance it out a bit. <laughs> but I fed it to my whole non-hunting family. Nobody there had ever had much wild game at all, let alone amphibian. Mm. Or reptile, I guess. Um, and they all loved it. It was great. What so, other big game this year are you trying to hunt? Uh, well, I put in for elk, deer, bear, and then I just went for a preference point in Colorado for mm-hmm. proghorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I might try and do an over-the-counter hunt in Wyoming for proghorn as well. Yeah. Um, and, like, I'm pretty lucky with where my career's going, too. That hopefully I can get some of those hunts mm-hmm. as photo shoots, too. And, yeah. And, like... Just like just planning one. ahead and like having those tags ready, so if a brand does want mm-hmm. some photos and some content, I'll be able to mm-hmm. provide it. Uh, that's why I put in for so so much. Yeah, but so as of now, you're you're working with Henry and Remington. Yeah, 
Remington Ammunition. Remington Ammunition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are now separate companies, and they're still kind of sorting out the details. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Remington's M- Remington Ammunition is now owned by Vista Outdoors. Mm-hmm. Also, there's like Federal Ammunition and CCI and yeah. some of those other brands. Gotcha. But A lot of people have been kind of asking me about that, and I obviously don't, I'm not very clear on that. Yeah. So inform us a little bit on like the changes that happened with Remington. Yeah, so I just filmed a video for him uh, describing the changes, but uh, they Remington, as a whole, like a, I think it was about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, they went bankrupt, and at the time they were Remington Firearms and Ammunition. They did both and under the same mm-hmm. same brand. After the bankruptcy, Vista Outdoors purchased Remington Ammunition and all the branding associated with it, mm-hmm. and another company which I don't know the parent company that now owns Remington Firearms. Gotcha. Um, so they are now two separate companies. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, part of the ammo shortage, too, is like Remington was what? Like a pretty solid quarter of the market of ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, they were just going through bankruptcy. Like nobody would give them material to make ammo, any of that stuff. And then they also had to furlough a bunch of workers. And now, I think as of like this month, they're almost back up to full capacity. It's making good. ammo again, it's good. which is great. I love mm-hmm. shooting Remington. We were talking about earlier at dinner about all the new gun owners. Yeah, seven million new gun owners, and then so and that's uh, yeah. in like the last year. Oh, literally just last year, seven million new gun owners. Mm-hmm. So you think about that. Each one of those probably buys you know about two boxes of ammo for each new gun if mm-hmm. they can find at the time, but. Mm-hmm. What's 7 million times 40? That's how many rounds of ammo is like in demand as a fresh demand on top of what already was. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely explains the, the shortage, shortage on the shelves. Yeah. But it's not a government thing. It's everyone is freaking out and well, buying guns. Literally just demand. And then think about it too. Like every time I saw some 30 30 on the shelf, I'd buy all three or four boxes if they let me. Just because, mm-hmm. like, you know what? I need stuff for next season. Like, mm-hmm. I better get it now just Stock in case. Exactly. And everybody else has the same mentality, so I get, I'm part of the problem too, I guess. <laughs> but like, once you see it, you just clear it out. and Yeah. I think so. it's important for us to educate all those new hunter or all those new gun owners. They're not necessarily hunters. They're yeah. just people that are freaking out yep. and buying guns. Yeah, definitely. And like, that's the thing too. Like, part of the... I guess the many downsides of this ammo shortage is just the lack of training these new gunners, gun owners will have. Mm-hmm. Um, even me, I just bought my first, uh, like, sidearm. I got a forty-four special. It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. A little snub nose. But again, I only have, like, a box of ammo for it. So, like, you know, luckily it was, like, a box of 50, so I got to put in, like, a little bit of range time mm-hmm. before I went out and, like, yeah. had it as, like, a sidearm for bear protection. But Get comfortable with it. Exactly. But some people don't have that... Mm-hmm. That liberty. Maybe they only got a box of twenty. They got shoot ten rounds and think they're good to go. But mm-hmm. they really need to just they need to put in a lot of time in that range to feel safe and confident with that that firearm. I also think another big part of that is the. I've only heard a little bit about it, but the law that they're trying to pass, where if you were to buy a gun, like all the steps you have to take, mm. and then like if. If you were to buy a gun, I don't know all like the logistics of it, but it's yeah. just becoming more and more complicated. Mm-hmm. And 
everything's connected to everything. So, like, if you buy a gun from someone, there's this and there's that. Yeah. So, I think a lot of people were also seeing how that could be a possibility. And we're just trying to buy guns. Trying to get them before that whole situation started. Definitely. And I'm, I, like, I don't know. I I pretty firmly believe if you're going to purchase a firearm, you should have at least invest, like, if it's not mandatory, invest in some training Mm -hmm. for yourself, for Mm -hmm. safety. It's, uh, I mean... They're dangerous. They're important and they're crucial to hunting along with sports and mm-hmm. I mean they do the taxes from them pay for all of our conservation and things like that. They do mm-hmm. incredible things, but safety is huge. And I, I'm a very firm believer in training and safety. And you've got kids in your house too, teach, oh. teaching those kids mm-hmm. the safety of the guns and if something were to happen where they need to use it yep. to safely be able to do so. Definitely. Yeah. Education goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for my, my new gun. Yeah. Are you getting a Henry? Mm-hmm. Getting a Henry. Excited. Let's put a poll on the podcast. Which one she, should she get? Ooh, let's put a poll. Okay. Yeah. So I there's two options. Two options. Well, there's well, a lot of... The, Henry has a beautiful line. Henry does language. have a beautiful line. <laughs> but what I, what I am looking for in a gun is something that can shoot a little bit further Mm-hmm. And Henry obviously has a limited edition as to what they have. Um, with lever action, you're not going to get that performance out to like a thousand yards. Yeah. So you're looking more so at like 500, which I'm totally fine with because we were talking about this at dinner yeah. as well. How you want to get into archery and you like shooting a gun that reaches out to 200 because it gives you that challenge. Yep. Yeah of still having to work for it. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that because I don't know if I want to shoot an elk from a thousand yards. Yeah. I don't find, I mean, it becomes like you said, a math problem versus. Which is a, a pretty valid challenge. And I like anybody yeah. who's doing that is totally justified to be hunting that way. And I don't really against it, but. You've got to, you've got to make sure your math is right. Otherwise you're wounding an animal. Yeah. Or you're just straight up missing. Yeah. Missing that animal. So. And that's why I've loved archery, and that's why I've done archery strictly the past, I don't know, six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this opportunity came up for Henry, and they're they're presenting me a rifle. And so I think my two options are uh, six five or three hundred eight Creedmoor, right? Yeah, six five Creedmoor or three hundred eight. Is that a Winchester? Or not sure. Three hundred eight. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> We're uh, both in the Henry. Long Ranger. They're the Henry Long Rangers. Yeah. So a box fed magazine instead of the tube magazine, like mm -hmm. most lever guns, which is kind of just a cool thing too. I have a lot to learn about guns, so Mm -hmm. feel free to shoot shoot the uh, the Instagram page a message if you're listening to this and you have a preference on a six five or a three hundred eight. I think I'm going to go for the three hundred eight and throw a scope on there. That's just like what do they call that a it gets risen a little bit, so you can still use the... Oh, the see-through sights? Yeah, the see-through sights. Yeah, so you, so you can, can still, still use your buckhorn in case, like, you got a grizzly charging or something. Mm-hmm. You I can also least... just think, like, if something's charging you, you're just throwing that gun up, and then once it's closed, yeah. you're firing. Yeah. You're not going to have a chance to look down. I'm just going to put it up to my side and blast, but... Yeah. Um, well, that my 30-30, I have a scope on it now, but I think I'm going to switch back to just having a one of the Skinner peep sights. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel pretty confident. Yeah. Shooting if I put some good time at the range, mm-hmm. feeling good with a peep sight and doing that because you have the opportunity to shoot real close. Yeah. If you have to. Mm-hmm. Or 
stretch out if you're feeling confident. That little uh, survival oh, gun. AR-7s. Oh, that Man. thing was so much. That was so cool. Today, we were like <laughs> hiking around the mountain. There was so much snow. And we were like, screw this snow. Let's go back down where there's not any snow. And we found ourselves in this marshy area. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you're taking this survival gun and just slamming it into the marsh. You know, yep. like this gun is what? Weatherproof? Yeah. Like, well, after I really knocked it around in that muck, it definitely got a little <laughs> yeah. wet, but that was a hundred percent my fault. The whole, so for some reference, the AR7, uh, the whole gun packs into the buttstock of the gun. It's super and lightweight. <clears throat> super duper lightweight. It floats and it's water resistant for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Like it'll float. If you tip over a canoe, you can go find your gun floating <laughs> on the side of the bank somewhere. Um, but it was originally designed. Don't quote me on this. I think Charter Arms designed it mm. way back for Air Force pilots. So if they went down over enemy lines, they'd have a little survival rifle to either mm-hmm. find some food or That's find cool. a bigger gun from some mm-hmm. <laughs> enemy mm-hmm. soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a cool history to the gun, too. And it's like, I don't know, something I really love in all the guns, especially with the Henry line, too. But just having that, like, deep history of different rifles mm-hmm. and the kind of stories behind it. So... But it's a lot of fun. It's just a little semi-automatic yeah. 22 long rifle uh, that no, packs up. No kick. It's got a little sound to it. We yeah. got some great photos with it today in oh. the rain. Yeah. And in the swamp. Yep. Super cool. Oh, it's, yeah. I think that's one, that's one of my favorite guns mm-hmm. I've ever seen. It's just so fun. Like I told you, I say, I feel like we're two kids out here. Oh, I know. Playing, running around in the dirt. Just playing with these around. guns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taking this gun and slamming its butt into the yeah. the swamp there and like getting some good footage with it and using it out there and yeah. putting it in the elements and it's after we slammed it around the marsh yes and like really roughed it up in some mud we roughed it we up went and out we, we, we shot it it we worked shot great it. it was awesome it didn't didn't struggle at all we hit the target every single time and well i probably we just had one of those little rubber self-healing targets that you toss mm-hmm. out but i don't know 25 30 yards a little yeah. peep sight on it mm-hmm. it was great she would kill like small game with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd I'd take a rabbit with that. A oh. squirrel maybe. Yeah. Really yeah. I think it would kill. No, it wouldn't kill a coyote. No. No. I wouldn't feel good about maiming no. a coyote. I'd probably mm-hmm. kill it eventually if you had a good shot, but yeah, I wouldn't feel no. good about small it. Small game. Yeah, absolutely. Grouse, right. you can get a grouse with. Oh, that. for sure, grouse. I'm actually planning on grouse hunting with it this season. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a lot of fun. There were some birds that were mating while we were here. Oh, it was. They were doing the. Yeah, they were drumming out in the woods. And, like, this is my first season out west, too. Um, I guess we do have grouse in the north woods. I, I go up to, Wisconsin, like, the north woods of Wisconsin a lot. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've never heard them drum like that. And that was just so cool. That was the that was awesome. And even just seeing the two just on the trail there, like. Right in I, front of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think grouse are just so cool. They're so tasty. I can't wait. <laughs> I haven't shot one yet. During archery season last year, I lived, I wouldn't say like fully lived off grouse, but oh. a lot of my meals were grouse. I can't wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were just everywhere. Yeah. They're so easy to kill. Yeah. They like fly away, like you spook them, and then they sit on the trail, and then they sit there and they kind of like walk away from you. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm, this is plenty for it. Target practice. Walk. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, oh, great. yeah. I can't wait for for upland season to start up again. That's, I really love upland hunting and waterfowl. Mm-hmm. That's. 
I'm really excited for you to, I can't wait to take you on an elk hunt. Yeah. And to have elk bugling and to have them come in close and oh. for you to like have that experience because it's a whole different level yeah. than small game and then birds. You know, it's, it's, it's a different entity. Each species, you have a different experience. Definitely. Um, but I'm really excited for you to experience oh. the, the big game. Yeah, that's going to be cool. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, even like, I guess it's bigger than a duck, but I finally shot my first turkey this year too. And just to see that Tom strutting across the field all the way up to my decoy, yeah. man, my heart was pounding. I was shaking. It was, it was mm-hmm. awesome. It mm-hmm. was just, just so cool. Mm-hmm. And that was my second year out turkey hunting in Kentucky. Um, it took me like two years to shoot that, that bird. It took you also six days, right? Oh, six days, like six hours a day in the morning. Rain, snow, mm-hmm. everything Kentucky could throw at you. And finally, the very last day, sitting out in a, a cow pasture on my... At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages. Things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Great uncle's uncle's uh, cow pasture. Yeah, I saw, it. and that was the. It was really cool oh. too. Like, oh, yeah, it was. It was neat. But also just the like being in Kentucky too and hunting turkeys. Like, turkey was essentially like, extirpated from the state in the early part of the like 20th mm-hmm. century and mm-hmm. just the conservation story behind it too. I got to show my uncle the first or great uncle the family's confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those, he was the first wild Turkey he'd seen. I brought it up to his door, held it up and he was just blown away that mm-hmm. we shot a wild Turkey on his property. Like he was just, he'd never, he'd seen him out in the fields, but never in such numbers or yeah. let alone killed. Like so- it was just amazing. So basically, all the turkeys got killed off. Yep. And that was at what time frame? Um, like the turn of the century, like early 1900s. In early 1900s, all there the turkeys got no killed. There was almost no turkeys in, like, mm-hmm. they were pretty much extirpated. Yeah. And then, like, in the early, don't quote me on these dates, uh, but early 20s, 30s, conservation efforts started, started up by some sportsmen mm-hmm. um, and some reintroduction efforts. I think the first turkey season in Kentucky wasn't until either the 40s or the 60s. Either way, Mm -hmm. fairly recent, like within modern history here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to see that popular, like to know that story, to be there hunting that land and the hunting camp we were at was a um, late late 1800s tobacco plantation in an old barn we were staying in and that entire part of the country was just clear cut and to see like a thriving forest deer back uh like my uncle grew up there and big turkey hunter and deer hunter and he didn't see turkeys when he was growing up and seeing it it now and seeing that population rebound is just just so cool to be be a part of and know that like even just through licensing and hunting and you know buying ammo in the state like all that just contributes to that and being a sportsman to the conservation that's, yeah yep. and the management of it all exactly so that's yeah. cool it's a it's a huge part of hunting that a lot of people don't know 
Oh, like, yeah. The other day I shared a post on my story about somebody saying, like, you're not a, like hunters are murderers. And like their <laughs> caption was like, I wouldn't kill your dog or something like that. And it's just people just aren't educated on what conservation is and like why we have the system that we have. Yeah. Like this whole story with the turkeys in Kentucky is a prime example of what conservation is. Through sportsmen. And that, like, I, through college and, like, through, even now, like, I used to volunteer after the Sierra Club and all these other, like, environmental nonprofits and conservation organizations. And they, like, the North American model of conservation wasn't mentioned or talked about at all. I had no idea about it until I, like, started looking into hunting, like, thinking about more about hunting. When was that, when you started looking into the, Um, into hunting? It was... Uh, just about after I graduated college, yeah. um, so like twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think just about that year, like I got my shotgun, and it wasn't until the next year um, that I was able, to, like, actually get out and go hunting. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough through Facebook. I just like reached around, like found some hunting group in Wisconsin, and a friendly man, Thomas White. He's a forester and uh, near the Kickapoo Valley in Wisconsin. Just an awesome guy. He was like, yeah, I'll take you out. Mm-hmm. Took me out pheasant hunting. And the first thing I ever shot was a woodcock. And like, cool. after reading like Aldo Leopold, um, I just that his writing on the woodcock dance and the mating rituals and mm-hmm. him hunting them. And it was just so cool to be in Wisconsin near where Aldo Leopold was hunting and shoot a woodcock as like my first ever game bird taken like yeah. that was just just amazing mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah and just through the kindness of a stranger through yeah. the internet right yeah taking you out that was amazing mm-hmm. and yeah none of my family like grew up hunting yeah um or anything like that and was like wasn't really against it but like not it just wasn't for something. it it wasn't something yeah. we did like i don't know we just enjoyed the north woods and hung out like yeah thinking now like i'm gonna go deer hunt in our woods <laughs> and to get a Maybe get tagged this year. But <laughs> now you're looking at it in a different know, perspective. You're like, yeah. wow. There's, I like when when I was growing up, we'd go up to northern Wisconsin um, every summer for like a week or two. Um, I had never seen a turkey until I was maybe like 17 or so, and we went up. And I was like, what is that thing? Mm-hmm. And it was a wild turkey flying. I thought it was a basketball flying through the woods. It was just like this big ball of feathers. I was like, mm-hmm. I had never seen a wild turkey until. I was almost 18 years old, like, mm-hmm. and I, I, and I honestly think it was part of that, like, population rebound up there, too. Yeah. I don't really know the full history of that population of, of Turkey, but, mm-hmm. oh, we've been up there a lot. We spent a lot of time in the woods and yeah. had never seen a turkey. Well, also, exposure is a big part of it. If you're not, like, mm-hmm. exposed to something, you're not going to have that, like, knowledge and just, like, that general yeah. awareness of it. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm really excited for you Man, to, yeah. <laughs> to start on your hunting journey. Oh. It's, it's been really I'm cool. I'm excited for some big game. I do love ducks and water. Like, I really love shotgunning and shooting mm-hmm. shotguns. But, man, ducks only go so far in your freezer. And I can't wait shooting for you. something a little bigger would really. Can't wait for you to be, like, standing over your elk. Oh. And to look at it and be like, oh, I got to cut this thing up. Yeah. I got to process this thing. And then to see all that meat in your freezer. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't wait. That's going to be amazing. There's nothing that compares to 
gathering and processing your own organic meat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's... I was really good. hoping to be taking home a bear and to have bear meat of my own for the first time, but <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen, and that's all right. We had a very amazing time. We had a great time. We laughed a lot. And yeah. I, felt, I felt like we've been pals for years. It's fun. Yeah, we were hanging out. Like It was great. So one thing I love about the hunting community as well is, for the most part, if you go out on like a hunting adventure like we did, where mm. you literally picked me up in Newcastle and we got in the truck and we were together in the truck for nine hours. Yeah. And we had only spent prior to that with other people, you know, a few hours together at a time. Yeah. To be able to hop in the truck and just literally have full conversation oh, yeah. leading up to our trip. And just laughing and just learning and growing and seeing new things. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's been a blast. Yeah. It was definitely an adventure getting up there, too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so when yeah. we when we left Rifle, Colorado, it was it was quite rainy and the the skies were very dark to the north. And it was an ominous sky ahead ominous of us. Sky. We did and our best to stay on the straight and narrow and stay between the lines, but it didn't, didn't work out work. that way. <laughs> A lot of rain, and then it was that first pass between Rifle and Meeker, Colorado, and I remember. Looking out the window on the passenger side, and I had a passing thought of, like, I hope we just stay on the road. Like, <laughs> I get a lot of anxiety. My first my first winter in Colorado, I did a 360 on I-70 in my Subaru. And ever since then, like, any type of weather on the roads, <laughs> especially if I'm not in control, there's my blood pressure is through the roof, and my anxiety is super high. And Apparently, I was just like, rightfully so. And I was like... This is Chris. Like, he's smart. He's a smart man. I was taking it real slow. You, like, I, I'm a very careful driver. Yeah. And I felt My fiance I felt can that. attest. She makes fun of me because I, I stop at yellow light. Like, I'm yeah. a very cautious driver. And I felt that. I was judging it off of the already, like, what, half hour we had been in the car yeah. together. And I just look out the window. I'm like, we're going to be fine. And then all of a sudden, whoop. I don't remember <laughs> what you said. We start fishtailing. I think I just said, oh. <laughs> yep. Started fishtailing, and then we were we were very very lucky. There was no eastbound traffic. Oh, they, no way they could have stopped. I it was a sheet of ice. I there's nothing. Essentially, it was just done. it was sleet coming down, sleet hail, whatever you want to call it. And there was probably a good inch of it on the road, and just kind of came over the pass. And it, it's what I would call like a bench. Like if I'm mm-hmm. hunting, you know, like that little first flat spot and we hit that and just completely hydroplaned. Yeah. Started going sideways, eventually went backwards and we both were like leaning as far back as we could into our chairs and you had your arm out and I had my, both my arms out and we were just bracing for it. And I was like, just don't hit the brakes. Just yeah. don't hit the brakes. And you're like, I'm not. I, well, I wasn't, and then all of a sudden we were going backwards. I was like, I think I want to slow down, so I hit the brakes <laughs> then. And then we just we hit the side of the road in the grass, and it was the smoothest, smoothest uh, white going, dot I've ever going seen. Going like backwards slash slide sideways oh. into this giant field, took out the barbed wire fence. There's a nice friendly barbed wire fence to slow our roll. You know, slowed was... us down. We ended up turning back towards north. Like, and yeah. the fence basically was just wrapped up in the bumper. Yeah. Underneath the truck was completely fine and mm-hmm. then wrapped up in the 
The running board there. The running board. Yeah. Running and board's the, pretty toasted, but... Mr. Tim. Mr. No, Tim. No, Tom. 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 Tom the cop. Tom... Yeah. Tom from, we're giving a shout out to Tom from. Tom from Meeker, Colorado, please. Meeker, Colorado. Tom uh, Dietrich, Keetrich, something like that. He showed up. He was so chill. Like, we had already called AAA. And he showed up and he's like, hey guys, how we doing? Like, what happened? All right. Yeah. yeah. Let me get your license registration. Comes back. He's like, oh, your insurance is expired. I'm going to go back and see if I have, like, some pliers in the car. Yeah. And we're like, awesome. And he comes back and he just starts wrenching on the thing. Oh, he cuts us out of the barbell. I have my little Leatherman knife. Yeah. It just, like, with a little tiny wire cutter. It wasn't cutting it for that steel barbed wire, but, And also yeah. he's like, pull forward and just turn to the right a little bit. So chill. Oh, yeah. Didn't ask any questions and it would just totally helped us out. I did get a ticket. I got to send a... Mm-hmm. A check to the Meeker department or something, then or show just, up in court. But that's part of his job. That's fine. I'll pay my pay my checks to get cut out of that barbed wire fence. Hundred and twenty dollars or something. Yeah, it ain't bad. Three. Points. It's a work expense. Yeah, three <laughs> points towards your expense. But we got so lucky. We drove right out of there. Oh, just man, I literally just bought a new tire. I was like, fuck, this barbed wire is gonna pop my tire. Like, no, son of a bitch. I just like bought new tires and. Luckily, nothing popped. Like, the that ground was soft enough. Just let us go. A little 40-minute delay, and we were back on our way. A little slower than before. It was definitely... We had quite a bit of weather going yeah. in, and... It kept sleeting for the next, like, two hours. I, it was... It set, yeah. the, it set the tone for our hunt. It did. <laughs> I was like, this hunt might be cursed. Like, <laughs> so you we, said- like, I got sick right before we left, like... Yeah. Dre was recovering from COVID and mm-hmm. we waited the 14 days to before she could go. But mm-hmm. yeah, just one thing after the other. <laughs> and finally we got up there. Beautiful time. But yeah. yeah. We did see a bear. We so. did see a bear. And yeah. met a lot of cool people. Yeah. Red Lodge is a cool town. Red Lodge is beautiful. Nobody moved there because... Because we're going to, and then we don't want yeah. you there. We want, our, we want the town to ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. But, but, yeah, it was a, it was a good trip. And that. There will be a lot more bear hunting in my future. This was just like that taste of it. And I'm sure I'm going to look back in years and think back to this trip. And yeah, I was very sad yesterday you were pretty uh i, did, you, I gave you some space you, were, you gave you were me some space up. and i i respect that i was like uh, she needs some time to process this uh this uh, skunk trip here i waited like we sat and we sat and i was like i the only thing we can do is sit here like i'm not gonna go and try and walk through the creek bottom this bear's gonna run away before we even get a chance yeah. to shoot it you know so we're just gonna wait and maybe maybe he'll come out Maybe yeah. he won't. And with each minute that passed, I was just, there was a lot of self-doubt yesterday. I I went back to that place where it was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never bear hunted. And I came out here and I thought I can get it done and I didn't get it done. And just a lot of like low confidence and yeah. realized that like we actually did really good for We didn't get a bear, but I'm proud of what we did. Yeah. We we ended up getting in an area, and we knew we had a gut feeling about that area when we first We rolled in, and we're like, this is... 
This is this is gonna be the spot. And we went and explored more areas, and we went back there, and we saw that bear. I think we went to like three or four different mm-hmm. different areas, different creeks, different runs, and like yeah. each one, we're like, it just doesn't doesn't check all the boxes. Yeah. Like this one place we're at, uh, some pretty good forage, mm-hmm. two different creek beds, like plenty of shelter, yep. plenty of cover, not too much snow. Like yep. it checked a lot of boxes from mm-hmm. I don't know, from our research and like just e scouted and trying to learn about bears, like, yeah, this seems, seems right. Mm-hmm. And it, turns, it was, but it just yeah. wasn't right for us at the time. It was just a test in a lot of things and patience and mm-hmm. persistence. And, you know, I just kept thinking like, I was more so concerned about like my image of so many people knew I was going on this hunt and I was so excited about it. And I was like hyping it up because I was super excited. Yeah. For something Honestly, new I was and, pretty, and, like, and challenging and yeah. just like new country. There's always so much excitement for it. And to walk away from it and be like, yep, no, nope, we saw one bear. Yeah. But there's so, there's so much of that that's out of our control. I like and, you're working with nature, like, and mm-hmm. just such huge country out there mm-hmm. too. Like. So humbling. I'm so humbled. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I love this sport so much. Mm-hmm. It's very challenging. It's very humbling. The, yeah. the moment you think that you know what you're doing, and the second you like get confident, nature like reminds you, like <laughs> you don't know shit. Yeah, yeah. What are you thinking? You know, and um, <clears throat> it's always much more about the kill. Yeah, so. and also just the the hunt envy from Instagram too. I think we were like both sitting there on Instagram every day, and we'd be like, fuck. That guy killed a bear. Mm-hmm. That guy killed a bear. People this girl are... killed a bear. Like, uh-huh. we didn't kill a bear. We didn't kill a bear. But then, like, I don't know. That's their home turf. They know the country. They mm-hmm. guide. They got guides. Like, mm-hmm. or they're hunting with hounds and somewhere else. Bait. Or bait. Like, doing a, a stock, a spot and stock hunt in Montana in new country. We would have killed that bear if we had bait. Oh. If it was legal here or if we had dogs. Yeah. We would have killed that bear. Yeah. But we didn't have any of that, and it came down to using our mm-hmm. knowledge and, like, our putting our patience to the test, and we did. Yeah. And we were very, very close, but no regrets. Nope. No regrets. Nope. But we got some cool photos. I feel good about the content we, we mm-hmm. created on this trip, too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. We were talking about a lot, too, like... Both of us being photographers and like trying to balance hunting and really paying attention and glassing and putting mm-hmm. the time into the hunt, but also like you're out there doing a job, like you need to make make some photos. Yeah. And create and some that content. content. Like mm-hmm. it's such a hard balance to strike of like where's the line of like, all right, I need you to go up on this ridge to get this shot, like hold on, go back back and forth a few times, like let mm-hmm. me get that silhouette shot, like whatever. Yeah. And like keeping it authentic to the hunt. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to stage anything that isn't true to what we're doing and what we're hunting, but also not like, you know, mm-hmm. cutting into the hunt or like being those photos being a detriment to our hunting. Yeah. Or like spending too much time in one area or whatever it is, finding that balance of like when to hunt, when to shoot mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is a fine line. I mean, like me being a new hunter too, like, I don't know. I feel like I err on the side of caution and 
I kind of left, left it to you with more experience to lead a little bit more on the hunting side. Mm-hmm. And I did my best to like keep the photos out of the way of the hunting for a while mm-hmm. and not do like, I don't know, just pay attention to glassing and, yeah. and trying to contribute to that too. But the way it turned out with our, our permit and Sunday being our last day and mm-hmm. needing to be back in Colorado by Monday. Yeah. Um, worked out good. It worked out good. And like we spent the day today doing some photos and, and making some really cool content. And uh, I learned a lot from you today. It was really cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been doing photography my whole life and, mm-hmm. but I've, I'm, I've never done what you're doing. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to, but life has just kind of taken a different path. Yeah. Which I'm totally okay with. Um, but it was really cool to just watch you in your element and to like see your creative space. And also you were very open to like my creative space as a photographer. Oh, I love collaborate. Like, which was really cool to just be able to like work so fluidly together. Oh, definitely. And I think that's like a big part hunting and photography, both. Like I worked with assistants and I've been an assistant and like, I think you like your guiding trips and stuff too. Just Mm -hmm. like ego can just get such in the way. Mm-hmm. of everything and like mm-hmm. just being grateful that somebody else wants to contribute and be a part of it like you got to take advantage of that and just yeah. be be open to it mm-hmm. and i learned so much hunting with you too like i think it just goes both ways like you just gotta mm-hmm. let i don't know just be share open. what you know yeah. yeah be open to learning is yeah. so important for growth oh definitely and i've really realized in that last couple of years but mm-hmm. it's been a blast tell let our listeners know where they can find you because your work is phenomenal. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and just kind of let them know again what you're like, what you're doing, who you're working for, and where they yeah. can find you and whatnot. Yeah, hit me up on the gram, uh, Christopher <laughs> underscore Dowell. Uh, I'm on Instagram, and then same thing for the website, Christopher Dowell, mm-hmm. and it's a Dowell with two L's, not like the sticks. Mm-hmm. So. What are some of the projects like you're trying to do? We were talking about this yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So really working on some like some hunting work, like more hunting work and getting more, I don't know, just a more diverse perspective yeah. on hunting and working mm-hmm. with other like newer hunters or people that are just kind of outside the norm of that traditional hunting media. Because mm-hmm. um, just so much of it's been left behind. And the I think- comment you made today was, you know, there's certain companies and in a lot of their pictures, they all have wedding rings. Yeah. And it's I just like, those subtle I, things. <clears throat> subtle things, you know? So if you're looking for it, reach out to Chris. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's very talented and very genuine. Thanks. <laughs> authenticity is an amazing thing. Oh, yeah. So. Cool. Well, this is, I'm sure, the first of many. Heck yeah. <laughs> episodes that you'll hear from us. But yeah. Adios from... Adios. Riverton. Riverton. Riverton, Wyoming. (laughs) Yeah, Riverton. They don't have hot springs like Thermopolis, but they have a hotel with open rooms. If you're ever in Thermopolis, go to... Days Inn. Days Inn, which is also the Safari Club. Yeah. It's in Hot Springs National Park. It's like just Mm -hmm. inside the gate of that. Yeah. And they have a sulfur hot spring hot tub on the premises. Right next door to the fancy hot springs. And a super cool canyon, which is owned by the Indians. Oh, yeah. Wind River Reservations. Yeah. Real nearby. And Wind just River River. 
because I, I saw that section and as a raptor, like a raptor myself, I was like, I want to wrap this section. That's the first oh. question I asked our server yeah, yeah. at the restaurant. And she's like, yeah, no, it's full, like, Indian-owned. Like, they run the permits. There's no there's yeah. no private rafting there. Rightfully so. They, they need their, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So if you're ever in the area, look up those two things because Yeah, solid. great time. Bye. All right, folks. Cool. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Bye. This is God's country. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.